Fremantle Chamber's monthly accelerator podcast. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and also acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you to everyone who is in the building with us. It's so lovely to see all your faces. I'd also like to welcome everyone who's joining us online today on the Fremantle Chamber Facebook page. Hello to Virtual World. I look forward to seeing you in the room very soon. We've got a great show for you today. And before we start, I think I should introduce myself. Good morning, my name is Chrissy Morse and I'm the CEO of the Fremantle Chamber of Commerce. In my last life, before I moved back to Fremantle as a Perth woman, I was the CEO of Chapel Street Precinct in Melbourne. And this morning, I would like to take you through some unique marketing that I did at Chapel Street. And I would also like you to hear from who I call the two queens of Fremantle, who are currently sitting next to me, about what they think about destination marketing. This morning on the podcast, we're going to take a dive into our Fremantle local economy through the lens of destination marketing. So before I go on, I would like to introduce you. Firstly, to my far left is a woman that probably doesn't need any introduction, Mayor Hannah, as we all know her. Mayor Hannah is a woman of substance, a woman of action, a woman who in her former life was a leadership coach and I have been learning and enjoying my learning time off you. I'd also like to say that Hannah is only the second female mayor to sit in the big job. So congratulations on that. October 2021 was when you joined. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mayor Hannah. Please put your hands together. <laughs> it's lovely to have you. To my left is a woman that I have known for over two decades. A woman who has supported me, carried me through my career. In her capacity today, she is going to talk as the City of Fremantle Destination Marketing Working Group Chair. But the woman next to me has been a Telstra Businesswoman of the Year. She most recently, and here we go, massive overachievers next to me, has also been inducted into the WA Women Hall of Fame for Business and Leadership. I worked with Linda over 20 years ago at the radio station 92.9 and Mix 94.5. So I'd like to welcome this morning, Linda Wayman, please put your hands together. It's lovely to have you. <laughs> My pleasure. Before we go on, I would like to introduce you to two unofficial people who will be sitting on our panel this morning. One is called Barry, one is called Ray. So firstly, I'd like to introduce you to Barry. Meet Barry. He came for a drink and stayed for a manicure. I think pink's your colour, big man. A friend of mine who has great qualities, and you'll see right now. Welcome to the panel this morning, Ray. Meet Ray. He just ordered room service while his hair dries. Oh, you are gorgeous. Two great guests to have us joining on the panel with these two exceptional women next to me. Why do I introduce you to Barry and Ray? I do that to show you two bits of unique marketing and to set the scene this morning. And I'm going to set it by saying three things. That is, destination marketing isn't that hard. It's about being unique, it's about coming up with something that's simple, and it's about being memorable. So both of those campaigns that I just showed you were part of one of the last campaigns I did at Chapel Street Precinct. Both of those videos were downloaded over a million times, and you can imagine that they stood out in a very cluttered market. So I'd like you to remember those three things. What makes destination marketing work? It has to be unique, it has to be simple, and it has to be memorable. So before I show any more of my marketing, I would like to talk to the ladies or the queens next to me about what makes meaningful marketing. A fun discussion, everyone has a son or a cousin that is really good at marketing and has their opinion on marketing. I'd like this morning to introduce you to some experts who have been in the game for a many long time. So Linda, I think we'll start with you. Can you tell me about the Destination Marketing Committee at the City of Fremantle and its purpose? Yeah, so it's basically an advisory body for the City of Fremantle. Sorry, 
Uh, it's right. basically, you wouldn't believe I once worked in radio. Um, so it's basically an advisory body. It's made up of people from re retail, uh, hospitality, uh, attractions, tour operators, uh, and they basically look at the strategy that um, we put in place in 2018 and soon to be refreshed and, uh, and give advice on it. Uh, and look at our campaigns and make sure that uh, that they feel that it aligns with the brand and also uh, they represent uh, their sector. So if we have a uh, retail campaign, um, we get feedback on that. And tell me, um, if I go back to my three things that I started with this morning, saying that marketing needs to be unique, simple and memorable, can you tell me why Fremantle's marketing is doing that? Because we have a fantastic brand. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, so we have a strategy um, which was, was based on our um, stakeholder feedback consultation and, uh, and we came up with a positioning statement, uh, Fremantle's a maritime city with spirit and soul. So those three values of sea, spirit and soul represent the uniqueness of Fremantle. Uh, the sea, we obviously live in a port city. Uh, the, the spirit is, is really about all the arts and the, the live music and the, the actual verve of Fremantle. And the soul is about its heritage, its cultural uh, uh, identity, things like that. Yeah. So, um, so that's why we work really um, well. Uh, in terms of having a really good brand. Uh, this is Fremantle. It's very much an image-driven brand which can demonstrate uh, the fabulous aspects of Fremantle. There's so much Fremantle has to offer, you have to actually bring it all together to coalesce into something that is simple and unique. Thank you. And so then I'll hand it over to the Mayor. I asked everyone before we went live this morning what Fremantle meant to them. I'd love to hear it from you, what Fremantle means to you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Chrissy, And um, thanks, everyone, for coming along today. It's, it's so nice to see your smiling faces and see you online. Um, look, it's a funny thing, isn't it? For me, it's my heart place. And I know that sort of sounds quite uh, ephemeral. You know, what does that actually mean? But I think about times that I've travelled overseas and, you know, sometimes when you come back and you, you drive out of Perth Airport and it's this kind of wasteland and there's no other cameras <laughs> and you're on a big freeway and you think, did I mean to get on that plane? <laughs> and then you get to Frio and you think, oh, it's going to be okay. Mm. Here we are. And it's, so, so it's a feeling, you yeah. know, more than a, a sort of I can point to things to say it's this or it's that or the other. I mean, it's all of those things but it's also that feeling of, oh, it's going to be all right. Mm. You know, where does that feeling come from? It comes from community. It comes from genuinely feeling like you've got a group of people in your town who care about your town, who care about you, who care about each other. It comes from, you know, beauty and aesthetics and, the, the you know, when we look around the town and we think, oh, this place is incredible. I know Chrissy is a recent returnee, you know, you keep looking at, wow, you know, maybe we walk past it every day, but it is a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, it comes from our love of the good things, you know, the good things of eating and good coffee and, mm. and all those and buying beautiful things in lovely shops where we know the owners. Um, so for me, Frio, it's it's a feeling. There's something of the feeling of Frio. It's it's being down in South Beach in the morning and having those relationships with people where you don't know your, their name, but you smile at each other, sort of bleary-eyed in your bathers before you dive in. It's it's a feeling, and I, I, you know I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. No, I you absolutely are right. So I have come back into Fremantle after ten years, and I every time I come into Fremantle in the morning, I call it going down the rabbit hole. And I truly am, as you described me, you know, with wide open eyes going, oh, my goodness, how good is it here? Really authentically saying it, it is like nowhere else. I feel like I'm in a different almost planet here in Fremantle. And I know that you've both heard me talk about this a lot and um, you'll probably hear me say it a lot, our unfair advantages and our marketing here for Fremantle and certainly the work that Linda's been doing with the Destination Marketing Committee 
takes advantage of all our unfair advantages. Um, so, Linda, I'm going to go to you again. Can you please take me through what you feel the Mayor was saying with regards to what Fremantle means to her and how it is being reflected in our marketing? So one of the, the things that we absolutely try to use as our, our Northern Star is the authenticness, if that's a word, of Fremantle. So, so it is the vibe um, in the sense that it is, it is authentic and we've got to make sure that the, our campaigns reflect our, our, um, our brand but that it also reflects that authentic uh, feeling that you get from Fremantle as well. Um, I think that also that we also need to sort of understand that what We've got a really dedicated marketing team and we've got a really um, a great, uh, really great people in town who give lots of feedback um, and be involved. And that's the thing about Fremantle. Everyone cares and so that also helps us with our brand marketing. We use very um, – we use a local marketing uh, agency as well, advertising agency, uh, and they also are very passionate about Fremantle and that, that also helps us, I think. I think the most important thing is to also remember that we have some incredible anchors in our community and they are the market, the prison, Fremantle Wharf, the ports and, and everything that we have around us, you know, that it all came from there and that's where we started. It didn't happen in a, in a, in a vacuum. So we have great product. And um, we have great attractions, Maritime Museum, Fremantle Markets. Um, you know, two million people go through there. People come to um, jump on the ferry to go to Rottnest here. Uh, something like 700,000 people come through Rottnest Ferry alone in a year. So they're the opportunities. It's about bringing all that together into something that people do understand and that shows our uniqueness. Um, and, uh, and there's lots of new product that's been coming online so, um, and has come online. A lot of that is around hospitality, uh, but it's also that contribution to the vibrancy of, of the city and people have a reason to come here. Events are really important as well. Fremantle's renowned for its fantastic music events, um, its arts events, uh, street arts are coming up uh, next Friday. Yeah, Easter. And uh, is it Wednesday? And uh, they, they, uh, the, all these have to coalesce into something that, that makes Fremantle different and stands out and that's what the brand does. Linda and I have worked on many different campaigns together and I think having you this morning is important. We have lots of our Fremantle Chamber members in the room and I'd like to ask you the question for our members in the room and those that are watching online, can you tell them what is the best bang for buck when it comes to marketing? <clears throat> so it depends on your target audience uh, but I also think that forming partnerships is really important as well. Uh, we use a lot of digital media in our campaigns. Um, our call to action is probably the best uh, website that you're going to see certainly in Australia, which is Visit Fremantle. It's one of our hero assets. We've got a fabulous holiday planner, which is sitting on the table there, that really showcases all the things you can do in Fremantle. And we ensure that that's dispersed. So so people, businesses in Fremantle can get involved in all of those, both of those hero assets, as I call them. Um, there's a business directory on, on Visit Fremantle. There's opportunities to be involved in the holiday planner. There's also opportunities to get involved with in a cooperative marketing sense with our holiday activities that's attracted something like 70,000 people in, in a year. Um, generated $4.52 million in economic impact. Uh, so, so businesses that have got involved in those holiday activities from Toy World to um, the traders at Fremantle Fishing Boat Harbour have reported a huge spike in their business. 
So those sort of things all uh, make a critical mass, I guess. And and so use use our socials, use this is Fremantle as a hashtag to amplify your messaging. That's the sort of thing that I would be recommending. That is absolutely perfect. Get involved with This Is Business newsletter. Get on the database. Talk to the City of Fremantle as well, how you can partner with them or be involved. And certainly getting involved with the Fremantle Chamber where this podcast this morning is sponsored by the City of Fremantle. So thank you for that. And I, is there anything else you would like to say to our members or viewers, Linda, before I hand it over to uh, Mayor Hannah to talk some more in terms of I know that you and I agree on this and that is the soul of Fremantle. You just can't replicate the soul. And is that why our marketing stands out? I know you've been very successful in winning marketing awards for the This Is Fremantle brand. Is that the soul? Can you can you tell us why do other marketing peers and people all over Australia look to our destination marketing in Fremantle and say that's the best example of marketing? Hmm. I think that... All those things that I mentioned, we have great marketing assets. We've got great, uh, we've built up a great image library. We've got great tools. We've got great collateral and, um, and we use it wisely and efficiently as well because we're, we don't have a lot of money for campaigns, but they're always very carefully planned mm. and very strategic. We, we've stuck to our strategy. And that's the other thing as well. Um, I think that City Fremantle has a brilliant marketing team and I think that also is key to success. So our measures of success are uh, actually quantitative. We've got we've something like 7 million people have seen our marketing campaigns. Um, 1.25 million have uh, been involved in our socials. Uh, those sort of numbers are there, but it's also recognised, as you said, by the Tourism WA Tourism Awards and um, and it's also been highly commended at a national level as well. Absolutely. So, so it's about combining logic and creativity. I think that's nice and simple and it brings it back to the simplicity that I was talking about. I'm also a fellow of the National Marketing Institute and I, I'd like to tell you why your marketing stands out. The marketing in Frio is doing something different. It is showcasing what we have unique in Fremantle. We're not using taglines that anyone else is using. We are using vision that is breathtaking. We are doing things that the city of Perth, other municipalities can't show simply because we have it here. And how fantastic that we're sitting here this morning saying our marketing is so new, unique just because of what we have around us. And I think we can't lose sight of that. And that's where the win is. And that's why it's simple, it's unique. And that is why it is going to stand out in the market. Thank you again, Linda, for joining us. I am honoured to be part of the destination marketing team um, within my capacity at the Chamber as well. And I'm now going to hand it over to Mayor Fitz or Mayor Hannah as we call her. Hannah, I want to take us back a little bit. We talked about this morning being destination marketing lens and through the lens of the past, now and the future. Can you, can you explain to everyone here how COVID has impacted retail and how it, retail is, is being done differently now compared to prior to COVID? Yeah, I mean, perhaps if we zoom out and look at COVID generally in Frio, I mean, I think, you know, you've got to look for silver linings in, in some things. And COVID gave us this period where things were tough and they were a bit bit quieter, but they also gave us an opportunity to open up the town centre to have a completely new look when people came back. Um, I look at people like, you know, Carl Bullers from, from the, with the old courthouse, you know, terrible time to open in a way, but wow, when people get there and see what's happened while they've been away, this is incredible, right? Uh, we also had the domestic market. So we had this captive market in Western Australia who couldn't travel and wanted new experiences. So, you know, if you look at something like the Waters Cottages, they were picking up some really great mm visitation from local people going, we've got to go somewhere, guys, <laughs> you know, and they come to Freo and their eyes are kind of wide open with everything that they 
that they see. I mean, in terms of retail and main streets, still really a challenging environment and you've obviously got the, you know, online competition and everything. I think where Frio is different and, and where we're very fortunate, I guess, or well-designed or something, is that we offer experiential shopping. Mm. So I can't go to the Fremantle markets online. It's not an online shop and neither do I want to because I won't be able to smell the donuts. I won't be able to hear the sounds, you know. I won't be able to go there for dollar a bag on Sunday afternoon, you know. <laughs> Um, because it's an experience and, and people say to us, you know, I come to Freo because I love the markets, but then oh, I went to this place and I did this other thing. So we offer something that you will never, ever get online. That said, we have people doing amazing stuff using online marketing. So um, whether that's to bring people to Freo or to be part of the This is Fremantle and Visit Fremantle um, strategy or through, I think, of a business like Jack Stillman, you know, great little retail outlet, but incredible online presence so you know there's this, this little shop front but they're selling stuff to the world um so COVID was tough but I think we've come through it in a way that you know we, we can see some silver linings absolutely and we've seen a lot of businesses make lemonade out of lemons and we've also seen I believe a lot of businesses use their online platforms to complement their bricks and mortar and I believe that we're ready you know if something was to happen again our businesses are in a better place to, you know, flip over business models, really use that digital channel to enhance their brick and mortar. And I feel like absolutely in the last five years, Fremantle has just come alive. If I could just Please. also um, mention that we were fortunate uh, in that we had a brand and brand assets in place when COVID began. And so we were able to leverage that. We also had just started targeting the family market, the, the segment with dinosaurs in uh, January 2020. 2020, yes. And, um, and then so we had these school holiday activities that actually happened during COVID. And if you look at the graph... Um, you will see huge spikes when we had these holiday activities and that happened during COVID. So to have 70,000 people all up, they averaged about 10 to 12,000 mm. per event yeah. actually visiting the, the city during those COVID periods um, was a really uh, good boost for, for Fremantle, um, including retail, um, and Hannah's also right, we've really targeted the, um, the local market to come and visit Fremantle. Uh, so you can't go to Paris, but we've got French wine bars and restaurants. That sort of thing was actually really important as well. So, so that great open-air shopping as well, pandemic open-air, it's a good thing. And uh, those sort of... Those sort of messaging we actually uh, littered, no littered's not, we seeded perhaps is a better word, throughout those um, two years. Hannah, I would be, um, we're doing a marketing podcast this morning. We can't go further without you marketing some events that we have coming up. So can you tell me a little bit about what we can expect on the weekend? So very excited this weekend to be bringing back the Fremantle International Street Arts Festival. So this is absolutely loved by our community, by visitors, by businesses. It's, it's an incredible event. And last time we held it was in, in 2019, before the world Changed and we had something like 150,000 people over that weekend. It was, it's absolutely huge and Fremantle absolutely buzzes and we shut down the streets and it's wild and crazy and so much fun. So starting Friday lunchtime, I hear Friday's the quieter day, by the way. So if you want to get kind of front row, you want to get involved, you want to be the person who puts up their hand and gets to volunteer to have something wild and exotic done to you. Friday afternoon is your is your time. I'm You're hoping there. for the the guy who does your hair up like a baroque kind of flower oh, yes. arrangement. I'm hoping that that will happen to me at some point over the weekend. <laughs> um, but really, it's just so much fun. And and I think coming back to the marketing aspects, these things grew. You know, this festival grew from you know Frio being a place of buskers and being a place of street entertainment to suddenly kind of like, well, hey, some other people from around the world who do this might want to come here. 
And it's now one of the most popular events amongst that industry. So people who do street performance for a job, they love coming to Fremantle because the heritage backdrop, the enthusiastic audience, the uniqueness of where they're performing and just the, the, the love that they get from the crowd. So, um, you know, it's an asset for Western Australia, actually, the Fremantle International Street Arts Festival. It is something that we should be super proud of. It's the biggest festival of its kind in the Southern Hemisphere um, and it's right running over the Easter weekend. So... Oh, I'm very Get looking along. forward to it. Yeah. And I guess given we have um, a very famous man on our fishing boat harbour in Bon Scott, I <laughs> guess we, you know, we're, again, we're doing a marketing podcast. Would you yeah. like to promote what is I'm most excited about? <laughs> <laughs> I know, Chrissy's trying to get herself on the back of a truck. In, Absolutely. Getting you know, my own truck. Yeah. So the, the um, 7th of May we've got obviously uh, the amazing high voltage, which sort of brings back Highway to Hell, which was kind of like the last big event in Perth again before we shut down. Um, and it brings it to Fremantle. And what I think we really like about this is is – it's, it's quite short, actually, the event itself. It's between kind of like one to five in the afternoon. But that's an acknowledgement that Frio has so much to offer. So the, the pitch is really come to Fremantle for the whole day, come and have brunch, come and, you know, do some shopping, walk the streets and then get involved in the high voltage kind of craziness that's going to be going on, you know, seven flatbed trucks driving around with different bands on the back of them, three big zones for family, you know, dance people, hardcore rock and roll at Frio Oval. Um, but the pitch is then, you know, that all wraps up at about 5.30, 6 o'clock. Go out for dinner. Enjoy your night. So what I really like about this is it's acknowledging that Frio has so much to offer and that the businesses, we hope, will just do so well, both over this weekend with street arts but also with high voltage as well. Thanks, Hannah. And I think it's really important for us to discuss the why, and you mentioned it at the end. Whenever we're talking about marketing, we need to be very clear on what the why is and why are we doing these events? We're doing them to obviously showcase the unique propositions that we have here in Fremantle, but we're doing them to support our business community. And I think it's really important that everything we do in terms of the campaigns that Linda um, chairs and fronts for Fremantle, the events that the City of Fremantle do, even our Fremantle Chamber of Commerce events, the why is very clear and that is to show off all our unfair advantages and to make sure that our businesses have the best opportunity for success. So I just wanted to give that real clarity this morning. Did you want to add anything else to that, Linda? I think that one of the one of the uh, pillars for the um, destination marketing strategy is business tourism, and I think that uh, Fremantle uh, has got a, a big future in in business events as well, uh, not just from the huge ones that will uh, mainly stay in Perth, um, but also uh, the smaller smaller events that actually align to our economic development strategy. Um, so we've just had a coastal uh, erosion uh, conference um, where we've pitched for the cruise uh, conference, um, as in cruise ships. And, uh, and so they're the sorts of things that we also have as an opportunity that businesses in Fremantle will benefit from hugely. It's a high yield sector. So um, that's also important. I think we've also got an opportunity with Southeast Asia coming down um, in the incentive market, what they call um, mice. So that's the I in mice. And, um, and they're usually very bespoke, uh, smaller type of tours and so on. City of Fremantle's established a great relationship with business events Perth and so that's really important as well. So those partnerships that the City of Fremantle have been building over the last couple of years have uh, uh, also benefit the Fremantle businesses and uh, really have come to fruition. Oh, exceptional. And just one last note from you, Hannah, before I take it up and show you some more campaigns. <laughs> Hannah, you sit in the top job, um, the two queens sitting next to me. You have lots of competing priorities. But you told me on our first day that the marketing was one of your priorities. Can you can you talk to me about why that's so important and why it is one of your main priorities? 
And I think we just shouldn't underestimate the strategic value of getting this stuff right. You know, I mean, people come and say, oh, there's, there's empty shops or there's, you know, there's not enough people on the street and it feels dangerous. And the answer to a lot of these things is let's keep marketing this place really, really well because, you know, I mean, we all know when a cruise ship comes in, woof, you know, there's all these people in town and it feels great. You know, you come in on a Monday morning think, what happened? You know, this is incredible. So we need that constant flow of people coming to town. I mean, separately, we probably need, we, we do need more people living in town as well. And that's, that's a different strategic challenge. But um, the impact that this has just can't be underestimated. And that's why as a local government as well, we, we directly work in this space. So a lot of places you go to, they have, you know, the, the tourism association, the whatever town tourism association, but it only looks after its members. Yep. And we want this to be sort of bottom to the top that everyone gets, um, gets promoted and marketed and the diversity that is Fremantle and actually the offering that is Fremantle, which is, you know, all of these crazy different experiences yep. that you can have in our town. Um, that it's all included in that marketing. So that's why as a local government we directly invest in this and we work with the, the group who absolutely have got it right. Like I have to say the Destination Marketing Working Group, you, you guys absolutely nailed it. Like, you know, the, the, the brand values, the, the narrative, the advertising campaigns, they they feel really Frio um, and that's a difficult thing to do because you're not speaking to Frio people, you're speaking to an external yes. audience. Um so, yeah, look, it, it has a huge amount of importance to us. I think it will continue to do so going forward. And I think because we've got the data, we can see that this absolutely pays off. Does it pay back to the local government? Not really, no. <laughs> um, but do we see it all through the town and do we feel like it's absolutely core to our mission? We do. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm going to give the two ladies next to me a bit of a break before we take some questions. Thank you for that. I would like to again show you and remind you this morning, what makes meaningful marketing. We've talked about it with the two ladies next to me, talking about taking advantage of our unfair advantages and making sure that the marketing conveys the soul of where we are. This next campaign that I'm gonna show you is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorites because it is so simple. One of the campaigns that I ran in Chapel Street Precinct, in Melbourne's Chapel Street Precinct, I should say, was a campaign that went for two months called, two words, support local. It was a campaign in black and white. It was a campaign that had four words and it was a campaign that if you walked past it in the street, if you saw it on the TV, you couldn't help but remember it. Why? Because it was simple, it was unique and it stood out simply because its message was so easy and the colours were so simple. Why did I use black and white? I used black and white because at the time, during COVID, our message was black and white and it had to be clear. Our community had to support our local businesses and help their livelihoods continue. It was that black and white. So I wanted to show you this campaign as an example this morning to go back to our three lessons on marketing and to show you that we don't need to overcomplicate things. The message or the why in this campaign was that I wanted every single person in Melbourne or even Victoria to understand that if they support our local businesses, they are changing livelihoods and they, our community, are keeping our businesses alive. And that is what Two Words Support Local is about. And I um, have it branded on the community over there. So I wanted to show you that one. I'm gonna take it up a notch though, and I'm going to introduce you to a style of digital marketing that may be new for a few of you. This is called guerrilla marketing. It is guerrilla marketing done through digital channels. You all would relate to this as when the businesses were shut down, the businesses could open for takeaway. So we turned Chapel Street Precinct into Australia's largest drive-through and much to our friends at Vicpol, um, we took the grey line of that you could get out of your house, get some fresh air, that open air health element. You could come to our businesses, support them and then take it home or in this case, eat it in the car. Hi, can I please order? Shop drive through 38 chairs.
This is a fine dining establishment. You also see the support local message that went through every bit of our marketing. Now, you may not have seen it, but in the background of that video, there was absolutely no one. There was no cars. There was no people. And that was a time that people were scared to come out of their house. And so this campaign created for some of our businesses even more profit than they had when they were allowed to open. So that is an example of guerrilla marketing and using the environment that you have to do something that creates an economic benefit in a fun way. I also want to say at the time that that was shot, we all didn't feel too happy. <laughs> we had been locked down in the world's largest lockdown in Melbourne. So using humour naturally was something that we all needed at the time. Um, I certainly did as the general manager there and I think our community did and our the state government's messages were quite vanilla and quite boring. So we came out with something that would stand out, unique, and something that was simple. Leave the house, come and support our businesses, and people did it. So the next one I'd like to show you is probably something that we've all experienced. No doubt, Linda, Hannah, you would have done this a thousand times. This is a campaign that we hopefully will be doing in Fremantle. It is a campaign that my mum experienced yesterday and it's a campaign that again uses humour and uses a relatable situation to drive home a very important message and that is get off the couch. We want to make sure that we are combating online shopping and getting people out of the houses and into our shops and this is how we did it. Look. Mm. It's the dress. So I think we can all relate to that one. I think my poor dad has been taking my mum and my returns back so many times at the moment but we need to remember that if we actually go into a shop and we try it on that we're going to get exactly what we want and I think every single person in the room can relate to that again done in a simple way a unique way and a way that stands out in digital marketing my last one today before we take some questions for you ladies is a very important one and I show you this campaign today because it's called the soul of chapel and we talked a lot about marketing Fremantle and the soul. Like Fremantle, we have many anchor businesses that have been in the town for 20, 30, even 40 years, like we have with retailers here in Fremantle. So as much as we love promoting the new businesses and they are absolutely integral to what we do and the growth of our city, I wanted to pay homage or pay respect to the people who made our brand. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have what we have now. And this is a campaign called The Soul of Chapel. This is a bar that many of you may have gone to. You may not admit that you went there, but I'm sure that you've all had a big night there. It is called Bar 161. It has been around for 20 plus years. And I'd like to introduce you to The Soul of Chapel and the owner of the bar, Andy. I worked it out really early on in my, my career in hospitality. There's either, there's two ways you can go in it. You can make it work for you, or you can have it temporarily as a lifestyle choice. This was a real sort of scratch effort to begin with. I think we bought the business and renovated it for about 160,000 to get the doors open. The most attractive thing was the license. It was a 24 hour license and that's, that's what got us all over the line and got us excited enough to have a go. And when we opened here, our biggest concern was, gee, are we too far away from where the action is? But you know, as you've seen over the last 20 years, this end of Windsor has just gone ballistic. That I have had people that I've run into here go, hey, you know, I've been coming here for 10 years or I met my wife here. It was a formula that we, that we cottoned onto reasonably early that worked. We always wanted to make the main focus the music though and, you know, a good safe environment too for people to sort of, you know, lose it a bit. 
I'd reflect upon the conversation I had with my father 20 years ago when he, when he said to mum, what's he doing? And mum's turned around and gone, oh, it's all right. It's all right, dear. It's only going to be for a couple of years. So that campaign stands out, you, even the feel of it when you watch it, you know, you can really feel the soul of the place. And I think when we talk about marketing and when I hear you both speak about marketing, it comes down to the feeling, obviously backed up with data and incredible, um, incredible insight. But I wanted to show you those campaigns to go back to the reason why we're sitting here today. Destination marketing is simple if you take a risk. Not everyone is going to like the marketing that you do, but if you have people having a reaction to it, then you've done your job. Some people will say they absolutely hate the campaign. Some people will absolutely love it. And if we are getting people to feel more than just mediocre about a campaign, then we've done our job. So I'd like to thank our corporate partners today who are up on the screen for helping this come about and for being involved with making everything we do in the Fremantle Chamber come alive. Before we finish, I would like to open up to our studio audience here for some questions. I'll ask Chelsea to come forward. If you have a question for the Mayor Hannah or for Linda Wayman, can I ask that you raise your hand and stand up and ask your question and we'll kick it off with who would like to start us off? Please, <laughs> come on over. Thank you for going first. Um, Mark Beeson, Old Bridge Cellars in North Fremantle. I think Hannah, you can probably answer. And I used to come here when I was about five with my granddad. Go to the terminal, see the Oriana, watch the streamers. Unique reason we can't then go to the Roma, have some squid. Are there any plans for the terminal? You read really bad letters in the paper about the condition. I went to take my grandkid a few months ago. Wouldn't let you in. Some of the people don't let you in. Is there anything happening in that space? It would be pretty cool. Jesse, I'll ask you to grab the mic and take it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, look, I, I'm optimistic about this. I mean, as everyone would know, everything on the water side of the rail line is, is controlled by the Fremantle ports, but we're seeing an evolution to the attitude and the relationship about access to the port. Now, it's an operating port. It's a working port. They've got heavy machinery coming in. They've got roll-on, roll-off vehicles. They've got, you know, everything we buy pretty much in WA comes through Frio Port. So we fully acknowledge that there's a lot of work that's done on the port that isn't people-friendly. I think what's starting to happen with Victoria Quay and I think what we're really excited about is an opening up to understanding this is a place for people, you know, and that Fremantle, um, because of our nature as a hard-working place, has been cut off from its waterfronts both on this side and to an extent at Fishing Boat Harbour with the, the rail line. So how do we start to connect through and get people really finding their way around? Gage Roads opening up was an amazing thing. Um, you know, a bit of a bump for some of the businesses on the other side who kind of had to, had to wear the impact of everyone rushing to this new venue. But you speak to people at Gage Roads and they don't know how to get to Fremantle, you know, if they're not locals. And you think, wow, that's, that's a little concerning because it's right there, you know. Just um, the passenger terminal for me is is a real opportunity. So I think all of us would have memories of, I remember a, a Beastie Boys gig I went to there. I remember a conference I went to there. Every Italian you meet has been to a wedding there. The um, the bell of the ball for the, the fishing fleet used to be held there. It's It's got these amazing memories and it's a beautiful location. And actually one of the big gaps I think we have in Fremantle, and this is emerging more as we work with, with business events is a large scale venue that we can use for, for conferences. Um, so I think that's a real opportunity. We're actively working with Freo Ports to explore that a little bit more. We, we, we acknowledge sometimes it's not going to be available, but they are fairly scheduled in what they do. And we think there might be an opportunity to work around um, shipping and other needs because it just, it would be spectacular. Um, so that's, that's a really good call, Mark. And it's a, it's a, Fingers crossed, all of us, please, that we can get in there. Thank you. Who else has got a question? I mean, you can even ask me a question if you want. It can be an ask us anything. Um, Amy, I know that you have a question for Linda. Did you, should we take the mic over? 
Thank you, Jesse. That's Oh, you need it. It's Amy's got such a big voice. Mm -hmm. Hello, Linda. Um, Amy from the city of Fremantle. Linda, you were really involved in developing the This Is Fremantle brand, as you said, as chair of the working group. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey for you and what you considered in developing This Is Fremantle? Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Um, yes, so we started with the strategy, as you always should start with, and then we put it out to tender for an advertising agency to come up with a, a, um, a positioning uh, that reflected that strategy and our, our, position, our own position, which was a maritime city with spirit and soul and, um, and the sort of brief behind that. They looked at everything from all the, um, the, the typography even around Fremantle, um, the colours and um, to come up with that visual identity. And as I said before, it's very much an image-driven brand and uh, we felt that This Is Fremantle could be used in a bunch of different ways over the life of the brand as well. And that's exactly what's happened. But it's, uh, it's our core uh, positioner and, um, and we come back to that all the time. Does that explain it to everyone? It was really about looking at the typography and uh, um, and and the colours, and then we ended up with those primary colours. And I guess that's why it's really important that businesses also have an understanding of how to engage with that brand as well, which is part of um, the uh, marketing and Absolutely. and economic development unit. So that we actually get that feel consistently across the whole of the city in its branding and so on. So, And can I add to that, Linda? Yeah. When we look at the This Is Fremantle brand and when you, when you walk down the Cappuccino Strip, what is it? It's simple, it's unique and it's different. We don't see, and I know I keep going back to the city of Perth, I, I always say the city of Perth because we're effortlessly cool and they need to try hard to be cool. But... That This Is Fremantle campaign, simple, stands out, it's bold and it's different to what anyone else is doing in the market. I think the other thing, it's pretty hard to get a local government, all the elected members to agree yeah. um, and I think that's also been really important in terms of their support and their understanding and there's been quite a lot of work sitting behind um, that. So people like Carl, um, who was originally on the Destination Marketing Working Group and other members of the working group, that's where the advisory, the industry advisory support came in and talking to and um, socialising the idea with the elected members and gaining their support. So to actually get them to work um, as a uh, they voted for it unanimously mm. and then stuck to the strategy. So visitor experience is really important um, to this in terms of the strategy and we have a fabulous visitor centre. And that was not easy. No one just clicked their fingers. It was a commitment on the part of the elected members to actually spend that money and to create that... that um, that asset, if you like, um, that encourages dispersal around the city. And it's in the beautiful um, Wally Up Civic Centre. And uh, I think that's really important as well. So, so it's not just the journey of the actual visual identity, it was the journey of a uh, collaboration as well that was really important in establishing that brand. And for a local government to achieve that at that sophisticated level is a real, um, I think, achievement in itself. Yeah, and that goes back to the leadership and, and Hannah being in charge and, and in the top job. It's very generous. But, you know, when we talk about leadership, and let's just go there very quickly, Hannah, the key to leadership is actually making everyone around us shine. And it is actually about making every single person around us come together and move forward. And, and if I take what you've said out of that, Linda, you can tell that the cam, you know, it was unanimously voted in, which is, which is a hard tell in local council. And that when we talk about leadership, 
what's most important to me is the people around you shining. And, and can you tell me what that's like as you running in that position and, and running council? Look, I think elected members of all sorts are responsive to the community. So if the community is going, this is terrible, I'm excluded, this is not a good brand, it doesn't work, we would have had some challenges. So the fact that, I mean, this, this predates me being mayor and it's been a consistent, strong um, strategy because the community's been saying this is working, you know, everything needs tweaks, some things are not cool. perfect. But in general, there's just been a sentiment within the business community that this is delivering benefits and and how dare you even think about moving away from it would be what we would get. So I think it is that kind of responsiveness that says if something's working, for goodness sake, keep doing it. Um, look, the job's not done yet and I think there's a lot of bouquets and I really appreciate that everyone's yeah. sort of so positive. There's still more work to be done. We know wayfinding and interpretation signage is a big job. You know, we walk around and it's it's inconsistent, it's old, it's messy, it's so we know there's more work to be done. We know even basic things like, you know, footpath programs to make sure that if you're wheeling your trolley bag off the off the um, cruise ship, it, it doesn't sort of jiggle around too much. Um, and for basic accessibility reasons, particularly with the, the, an ageing demographic. Mm. Um, one of the areas I think we haven't quite got there yet on is Aboriginal tourism. And we know that a lot of people visiting the state really want that experience. So how do we now think about how does that come into our offering with organisations like WA um, Indigenous Tourism Operators, WAITOC, you know, how do we how do we work with them better to say, yeah, you can also do that in Fremantle, you don't need to go up to Kings Park or somewhere else. So there's still more work to be done. I guess my confidence is that with the group of people who are working around the table, it's it's not local government thinking local government stuff. It's a whole bunch of really active, engaged businesses who have amazing ideas and it's us hopefully just putting the wind in the sails where we can. Absolutely. So I have gone over time. It's not like me to, to talk and talk and talk, but I would like to thank everyone online for joining us this morning and certainly everyone who's come into the Fremantle Chamber to see us. Thank you to Linda and thank you to Mayor Hannah for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Yeah, I know, of course. Thank, thank you, Linda, for thanking me. We are doing these podcasts every month. You can join us online or you can come in. Again, thank you to the City of Fremantle for sponsorship of this business initiative and thank you to our major sponsors who keep us going day to day. If you would like any more information, please reach out to me, CEO at fremantlechamber.com.au or if you would like any other information, my door is open as I know the door to these ladies' offices are open. Thank you for joining us and I shall see you next month.